Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Though his unique athletic abilities would take center stage at the University of Tennessee, it was his home state of Alabama where his journey would begin. At one time, I thought I wanted to be a priest, and I guess I was pretty sincere about that until I found out priests couldn't play professional sports because they had to go to, on their mission and do everything that a priest does. Our life was around uh, family, school, and church, and sports. That's what we did. Early signs of athletic greatness may have revealed themselves in a young Conrad Holloway. But at the early age of three, he wasn't quite ready for what would later become a familiar roar of a crowd. We went to the basketball game. At halftime, you know how the kids, faculty members all go and they're dribbling the ball. And so he accidentally put it in the basket and then everybody applauded and scared him. So he ran to his dad. <laughs> My dad. He loved myself, my brother, and my mom. My mom and dad divorced when we were very young. As a young kid, you, you don't know exactly why, and no matter what explanation you get, both parents aren't there. We grew up without him in the home with us, but we saw him. He was a good father. Dad had a way of simply explaining things to us. I mean, it, it was, it wasn't so much he tried to be a philosopher or anything like that. That wasn't it. He, um, you know, he just, he did things simple. He let us know that he loved us, and he also let us know that, you know, life was tough. Life was hard, but there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. Condridge had a very close relationship with his father, Condridge Sr. Outstanding man, great educator here in, in, in Huntsville, and uh, he was a, a great athlete himself. He had great respect for his father, and after meeting him, uh, I did too. As Condridge continued to mature as an athlete, the lessons he learned from his father about right and wrong would be tested, as opportunities would surely come knocking. But for a young Conridge Holloway, he would, for the first time in his life, question the tolerance others had for racial equality and the source of a most unlikely invitation to the University of Alabama. I say segregation now, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever. Conridge, after talking to you, at the time, I don't think that you realized that you might have realized it, but that being the athlete you are and the way you handled it, there were imaginary lines in our country. Your life was surrounded by lines on a football field, but the imaginary ones were the, probably some of the toughest. You're right. We were living in a segregated type era. Segregation was big. It was like that pretty much all around, you know, everywhere in the South. I think the most disheartening thing about it all is that people don't realize sometimes they can read about it and hear about it but when you actually have to do it when you actually have to walk up to a water fountain and can't drink out of it that's that tells you a lot more than you can read about on the heels of america's civil rights movement Conridge may not have felt the full impact of the world that was changing around him but in the state of alabama and throughout the south the issues were still hitting very close to home as Condridge moved beyond the comfort of a non-segregated Catholic school, he would experience racism for the very first time. At St. Joseph Catholic School, all races were accepted, and we all went to school together. I mean, it was just, there was, that never came up. In the ninth grade, we moved from the school, and that's when you really knew a difference. Now. We're at a high school where you see kids that I'd gone to school with for seven years all of a sudden take sides. I think 
back then that uh, a lot of athletes saw this and, it, and a lot of people now don't realize what uh, was going on at that time. So what I did was totally poured myself into sports. If they wanted to be around me, they needed to come out and, and get into sports and compete because that was my equalizer. Refusing to be distracted by differences in race, Condridge set his sights firmly on sports, leaning on his athletic ability to regain that positive interaction he felt as a young boy. It was a welcome decision as coaches, teammates, and recruiters alike recognized something special about Condridge as an athlete and as a person. One of the more exciting days of my life was when I got a recruiting letter from John Wooden at UCLA. That was just the number one basketball team in the country. And just to get a recruiting letter from him was uh, fantastic. Great shooter. One game, we played one of our rivals here. He had 30 at the half. If he'd been a three-point line, he'd had 45. Baseball, basketball, whatever. I taught him to play tennis. He beat me in three weeks. Never played tennis before in his life. I have not seen his equal on a high school level uh, before or since. Not only did he have the football recruiters uh, hounding him, he had baseball scouts, Major League Baseball scouts, everywhere. An impressive list of recruiting letters from around the country were finding their way to the home of Conridge Holloway. But the irony of an unexpected phone call from one of Alabama's and history's most controversial public officials may have been the most telling of the impact Condridge's talent could have on the University of Alabama. But just how far would they be willing to bend? Only the great Bear Bryant could answer that question. I was at Condridge's house. The phone rings. It's George Wallace on the phone wanting him to go to Alabama. And, and you know, he came back and he said, Coach, can you believe that? George Wallace, the guy that stood on the steps of the university and said there will never be a black guy enter the University of Alabama, called me. In 1964, when Alabama played Georgia, the president gave us three tickets to integrate the stands. I was one of those three who were there. We were only allowed to stay to halftime because our seats was right behind the band. And when the band took the field at halftime, we were targets for people throwing cups and balls and rocks. We asked the guard if he would just protect us on what should we do? Could we get some protection? He said no. And that's when we left. And so I thought about that and says, you know, in 64, I couldn't watch a game. And here I am in 1971, driving a state car to recruit a black athlete to attend the university. Coach Bryant was a, a man that I do have a lot a lot of respect for it and he recruited me very hard and he was very open and honest with me and I respect him for that. I mean, he he, he told me that uh, they really wanted me to come to Alabama and be a part of the, their team, but um, Alabama just wasn't ready for a black quarterback and that position was not a position that I could compete for. Why? Why did they do that? You know why. I did too. That's just the way it was then. The fact that he told me the truth up front, that's as honest as the man could be. That was, I thought that was the right thing to do. And everybody said, well, you should be upset. No, I shouldn't. He told me the truth. He wanted to be a quarterback uh, more than anything. He didn't want to be a receiver. He didn't want to be a defensive back. So in that respect, race played a big part in where he went. I never considered anything about Connors playing quarterback other than was he good enough to play quarterback, and, and really was he big enough to play quarterback. That was my only concern. Once we were uh, at Tennessee able to recruit the black athlete, we never thought about where they could play or where they couldn't play. We just wanted people that could play. I was recruiting a talented individual, black, white, or green. He, he was a talented, talented player and person. I recruited him because of what he was, and it had nothing to do with color. While it seemed the University of Tennessee was ready to give Condrich his opportunity to compete for the quarterback position, one more decision would have to be made that could dramatically alter his destiny. We love our house. The outdoor
Why are you so strong? At least Geico makes bundling my home and car insurance easy. We save so much. Mommy, get the spray stuff. Get the spray stuff. Andrew! He's up here! For bundling made easy, go to Geico.com. someone at EliteSingles.com today. Show the world what it means to be a fan at Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. This feels amazing. Relax yourself in heat and soothe yourself in massaging vibrations with Calming Heat. The best-selling weighted heating and massaging pad from Sharper Image. Now infused with copper and charcoal to enhance your relaxation and recovery. I love how you get weighted pressure, adjustable heat, and vibrating massage all in one. Calming Heat is my at-home spa. Go to CalmingHeatCopper.com and find out how you can save 25% and get free shipping. The words in your head, you're the only one that can hear them. Say it. Yes, I can. Yes, I must. Watch me. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. At over $4 a blade, shaving every day gets expensive. Harry's 5-Blade Razor offers me a close, comfortable shave. Best part, refills are as low as 2 bucks each, half of what I paid before. Go to harrys.com slash shave to claim your $7 trial. Well, I wanted to go play baseball. I just had my mindset on being a pro baseball player. Considering both the restricted and unrestricted athletic opportunities before him, it was the opportunity for a higher education that Mrs. Holloway would focus on for her son the most. But for Condridge, it was a professional baseball contract that could change everything. He was drafted number four, and you know, the fourth player drafted that year. And uh, not fourth round, fourth player drafted. Condridge calls me up and uh, says, Montreal is coming to town. I want you to be here. I said, you know, I said, Conridge, I don't think they want me there. I mean, they're trying to get you to play baseball. You know, I, I want you to get an education. And, and uh, he said, I don't care. It's a business proposition. A gentleman named Mel Didier was a scout from Montreal, loved baseball, very knowledgeable about it, and uh, was just determined I was going to be an expo. The guy made a great presentation and, and uh, told him all the great things that he was going to do. First thing he said was, you know, well, when we draft you, you're going to go play right away. We're going to bring you up and see what you can do. And then he, he reaches on the table and he pulls out a suitcase and he lays it up on top of the table. And uh, it's full of money. According to our baseball coach, it was over $100,000 at Montreal after He says, any money Coach Trail gives you has to be under the table. Money I give you will be above the table. And Conridge really got mad and said, uh, Coach Trail has never offered me the first dime. And we got up and walked out. He got up and said, I'm, I'm done. Walked over to me and said, I'm ready to come to Tennessee. I think when you offer money to people, I think the inclination is that they will take it. But I think it shows a lot of character on his part to turn it down. It's really more important to get an education. Uh, athletics is a means for an end. Dorothy, Mrs. Holloway, really wanted him to go to college and get his degree and before he went to the pros. I think she felt very comfortable that she was putting him in the hands of Coach Battle. Mom really liked him, and she also really liked Coach Trail. 
I did make a visit to see Condridge Holloway and his mother, and I came back and reported to Coach Pride. I felt like Condridge really did enjoy his visit with Bill Bowles, who was at Tennessee. And his mother mentioned Bill Bowles three or four times during the conversation. So I got the feeling that he was leaning toward Tennessee. Tennessee did a real good job of, uh, of recruiting him, and they were going to let him play quarterback. And Alabama and Auburn was, was recruiting him, but they were not recruiting him as a quarterback. I said, you can play quarterback if you earn the position. I'm not going to put somebody out there just because I like his mama. So if you're the best, you can play. If you're not, you stand over here and watch the game with me. I, mean, I don't know what you're expecting when you were a kid and you first came to Knoxville and played for Tennessee, but was it everything you thought it was going to be? Everything and more. And it started with, you know, everybody wants to ask me, what's, the, what's your favorite play? The most important thing that happened to me at the University of Tennessee was the day that Coach Battle sat down with myself and my family and looked us in the eye and said, Condridge, if you can play quarterback, you can play at Tennessee. And that's all I needed to hear. He always knew he wanted to play quarterback. He was about to start his dream. game Condridge Holloway ever played as a varsity player at quarterback for Tennessee. Tennessee played Georgia Tech at Atlanta. My first game that I started was against Georgia Tech and it was televised and the other quarterback on the opposing team was Eddie McShann. So there were two black quarterbacks playing on ABC. That was that's high profile back in 1972. All eyes were on the game because We've got two black quarterbacks playing here. We're going to find out if they really can play quarterback. If I had to pick one play that I remember about Condridge Holloway, it would be that game. Tennessee marching to score. I'm sitting here. They're marching this way. Condridge throws a pass. Intercepted. And everything just absolutely collapsed. I made a mistake. I threw a, a quick out to the field, which you shouldn't do. And on top of that, it got tipped. And it got picked off. The guy who intercepted the ball was absolutely in the clear. Obviously, he was going to go the whole way to score. And all of a sudden, the Condridge Holloway bubble on his first game was going to be burst. Make a mistake, correct it. If I don't catch him and we don't win that game, I get labeled as an athlete trying to play quarterback that can't win. Who tackled him from behind Condridge Holloway? The fact that I caught him, the fact that our defense held him to three points, and we beat him 31 to three, you get the high profile stuff. I was throwing a quick out, ball got tipped, and defender caught it, and in my mind, that's the best play I've ever made because if I don't catch him, I'm probably a defensive back the next week. <laughs> oh, you mean the, 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 the interception? The, yeah. That's the best play you ever that's, made? That's the best play I ever had. <laughs> it may have been the greatest moment in Condridge's life when I told him he could play quarterback, but some of the greatest moments in my life were when he was playing quarterback. <laughs> Tennessee. Hold on for excitement. He thrills the fans across the nation on ABC television. Andrew Holloway electrifies the big crowd. And here is Holloway looking at he's a real cool quarterback.
he had to do was have somebody give him the ball. He didn't have to have any blocking. He was that good. He got the ball, and then he had to create situations many times out of nothing. Holloway rolling out this way. Needs a block. Holloway looking. Holloway will run. Holloway at the 10. Holloway at the 5. Holloway dies. Give him six wide ones. Over, around, and over the top. We'd never had a quarterback with his mobility. You know, we would draw up plays and expect them to be run the way that they were run, but we soon found out that that changed considerably, and it changed the way we coached. Most of your quarterbacks were pretty stationary at that time. They didn't move much, and he was a whole new dimension. Solidifying his never-give-up, never-say-die attitude on the football field, Conridge helped Tennessee off to a 4-1 start to the 1972 season. But week six, third Saturday in October at home against Alabama, would be the greatest 58 minutes of his career and the toughest two minutes of his football life. Introducing Mando. going towards rent. Oh yeah, that's going towards girls' night. And that's going towards a new bag. From October 16th through November 19th, any listing will be entered for a chance to win $10,000 cash. Terms and conditions apply. Bath fitter is a better way to remodel your tub. Precise measuring means the perfect fit. The bath fitter tub over tub process means no mess or stress. A custom made tub and seamless wall mean a watertight fit. Premium acrylic means it lasts a lifetime. And all this together means a great value. Bathfitter, it just fits. Visit bathfitter.com to book your free consultation. makes it easy to shop all your weekly groceries and other essentials so you never miss a minute of the game. Is your car's plastic trim faded and milky? Don't worry. Cerakote's ceramic trim coat restores oxidized trim effortlessly. Just wipe it on. It's guaranteed for 200 washes. Even dust won't stick to it. Keep your car looking professional. Selling your oxidized, faded trim car? Detailed cars sell for way more than faded cars. Read the thousands of five-star reviews for yourself. Buy any of Cerakote's number one selling ceramic products for under $20 at these leading retailers today. Tide of Alabama, coached by Paul Bear Bryant. And incidentally, his pupil, Bill Battle, is the head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. This is an ancient rivalry, and they've been battling since 1901. Alabama game, 1972. We'd played Alabama off their feet. Our football team played 58 minutes of perfect football, and we were ahead of Alabama 10 to 3. Right at the end of the game, uh, they got the ball and got a drive going and ended up tying the game. In the span of two minutes, not only did they score and go for one to tie it, they got the ball back thanks to a fumble from me. We ran a trap up the middle. It was a draw trap, and Connage went back and took off running. It looked like he was going to get the first down, and the weak side linebacker hit Connage from the side, and Connage went one way, and the ball went the other. So then they took it in and scored the winning touchdown. That was that's one of the tougher moments I've had, but just tried to kind of gather my thoughts. I was very disappointed I'd let my team down. I grabbed him and said, look, man, 
we win or lose as a team. We don't do it as individuals. We wouldn't be here without you, and don't worry about that. One play had nothing, and we didn't do a lot of things to get us in position to win the game, but he sure didn't need to feel bad about that he lost the game because he didn't lose the game. After the game, Coach Battle sat down beside me and uh, he didn't really say much. Didn't have to say anything. I knew what he felt. I knew he knew what I felt like because uh, he'd been through stuff before. It was just uh, it was a beautiful silence, and that, and that's about that's that sums it up best. That's just one I'll always remember. I won't forget it. I'm over it, but. I'm really not. <laughs> That's a tough one. When that play took place, I mean, it really took a lot out of him. I, I don't think, I think it took things from him that he still to this day, you know, hadn't been able just to retrieve and bring back because that there again was, was the opportunity for him to say, you know, you know I, c I can do this. As difficult the loss to Alabama was in 1972, Condridge and the Tennessee Vols would unite once again as a team for their unprecedented eighth straight bowl game. In an era of few bowl game invitations, the Blue Bonnet Bowl victory seemed for most to be a sign of Tennessee's strong character, as well as great things to come. Everybody that I played with, I made it a point to let them know, guys, I'm all in. I'm all in with you. And whatever it takes for us to win, I'm going to be there. The mental toughness side of him is, is something that is hard to describe. He was going through a lot that, that no one else was, but you'd never know it when he stepped on the field. He had to deal with that social side thing off the football field. He internalized that and, and somehow or another he used that as, as that energy to get out there to make things happen. turned this university upside down. The stands would be full to come see watch Connery's play. It's just so exciting. And it was like that week after week after week. I don't recall him ever getting caught in the backfield. had a toughness that not many people had. He got hit so much and he just he just kept coming. He came to the sideline many times with pain on his face and there are a lot of players that wouldn't have gone back out and competed as hard as he did. Conrad Holloway at quarterback. Holloway on a bad ankle, hopping around, a sore arm, he throws. The pass is completed. It was a play against Georgia Tech. They said everybody on the defensive team touched it. And you sit there and like, nah, it's impossible. Only in a cartoon can you get away that way. <laughs> he was a subject to go any which way. The Artful Dodger, they called him. It was a good nickname for Conjures because that's what he was on the football field. It described him perfectly. You either have it or you don't. Hundreds had it. He was the Artful Dodger. Introducing and soothe yourself in massaging vibrations with Calming Heat, the best-selling weighted heating and massaging pad from Sharper Image. Now infused with copper and charcoal. I love how you get weighted pressure, adjustable heat, and vibrating massage all in one. At the end of a long day, Calming Heat is my at-home spa. Go to CalmingHeatCopper.com and find out how you can save 25% and get free shipping. I've been waiting 
your someone at EliteSingles.com today. NBA Open Week begins next Wednesday and continues Friday on ESPN. Attention Medicare beneficiaries. This is an important message for everyone on Medicare. Attention everyone on Medicare. Today we are talking about 2024 Medicare Advantage plans. If you don't have a 2024 Medicare Advantage Part C plan, call now because there may be a Medicare Part C plan with additional benefits available in your zip code. Right now is the Medicare annual enrollment period. You can call now to see if there are any changes to your current Medicare plan in the upcoming year or find out if you're eligible to enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan with additional benefits. Everyone on Medicare is encouraged to call. Call now and a licensed insurance agent can look up your plan and see if there are any changes to your current plan in the upcoming year. Call now during the Medicare annual enrollment period. Part C plans can change every year. Don't wait. Call before the Medicare annual enrollment period ends on December 7th for your free, no obligation, 2024 Medicare benefits review. Call 800 725 800-725-1591. We move to Knoxville, Tennessee, to Neyland Stadium, and here's Keith Jackson. Today we begin the 1974 collegiate football season with Tennessee meeting UCLA. This will be the fifth meeting between these two teams, and if it follows recent history, it'll be a football game worth remembering. In 74, my sophomore year, it was uh, Condra's senior year. We were playing UCLA. Condridge Holloway at quarterback. They call him the artful Dodger down here. You know where that comes from. I remember running option, ducking up in the hole, and I didn't see the scraping linebacker, and we had a collision. And uh, my right shoulder was, I couldn't raise it over. I couldn't raise it up shoulder high. Holloway is being helped off the field because he... Our trainer came to me and said, Condridge has separated his shoulder, his throwing shoulder and he's out for the season. I didn't actually know that he went to the hospital. I have Mr. Condridge Holloway Sr. And Mr. Holloway, your son has an injured shoulder. I know you didn't come to see him get hurt. No, I didn't. I hope it's not serious. Maybe it's just a bruise or jam. I hope so. Let's see. Holloway's played nine minutes in a ball game. Pat Ryan played 24 minutes under Holloway. The Volunteers picked up 144 yards. Without him, 103 yards. So no question, he is their leader. We've spoken a great deal about a man who is no longer in the stadium. Condridge Holloway was earlier reported to have a shoulder separation. He is now being x-rayed. He is a man who is considered to have a chance at the Heisman Trophy, but there must be a chance that his shoulder is broken. No, he's gone, he's gone. There's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And all of a sudden, you just hear this big cheer. Uh, the ball was about the 20-yard line, and we ran a play and gained a yard or something. Nothing big, and the stands erupted. You started looking around like, what's going on? There's Condridge Holloway coming back into the stadium. He's been to the hospital, he's been x-rayed, and there is obviously nothing broken. And the artful Dodger comes running into the stadium at the most propitious time. Here came Condridge Holloway, all the way around the field. They sent a chill down here. You're talking about 75, 80,000 people. And they just went crazy. Condridge came running up to me and grabbed me by the arm and said, I'm okay, you can put me in. I said, well, get your butt out there. <laughs> well, let's see if that has some effect on the emotion of the Tennessee football team. And Holloway is going on to the field. So Holloway is back in and everybody in this stadium associated with the orange and white are standing and cheering. And let's see what the little guy from Huntsville, Alabama can do. On first down and 10 for Tennessee at the 20-yard line. He throws the ball. His arm is all right. He throws it to Morgan. He took us down the field and it was about three minutes to go in the game. We have three minutes and 34 seconds to play. UCLA 17, Tennessee 10. He did his sprint out to the right and took off running and their middle linebacker came and Condridge took off at the five and and that guy hit him Holloway on a roll to the right he has blocking he's got his head down and headed for six he's in there he landed in the end zone for a touchdown so i'm going for two we're going to try to get the game won and and this is knoxville and we got the momentum back and our crowd's hungry and so everybody's mobbing condridge and condridge gets up and i see this awful look on his face and he's holding his knee well interesting. Looks like he's going for one unless they fake off the kick. My two-point guy is not in there, and so we kick the extra point and hope we get it back, but we don't. We end up tying the game. And we have a 17-17 tie between UCLA and Tennessee. And 
The heroic comeback of 1974 against UCLA only added to the legend of Conrad Holloway and proved once again that he only knew how to play the game one way. But as difficult the physical injuries associated with a scrambling quarterback may have been, it was a host of racially charged letters after a rough start to his senior season that hurt the most. I tried to be a buffer for Condridge if, if there ever got to be issues. There weren't many issues when he was healthy and playing well. The, the, issues, <laughs> the issues came when he wasn't playing as well and we weren't winning as much. He did get hate letters. He got letters from people, you know, you need to go back here, you know, you know, we don't, you know, ignorant people write stupid letters. They never signed their name. You know, they write all this stuff and never put a name to it, so you knew what you were dealing with. I remember one time uh, uh, something happened with a bus going by and, and they'd thrown something at his mom or something, so Condridge just beating the bus. Well, last thing you want is their quarterback beating the bus with his hand, but I, I said, what's wrong? And, and he told me, and it was something racial. But, you know, we felt like this is 74, and we thought we were progressive. He would come to me, and he said, Coach, why are these people talking about me? Why are they saying these things about me? I said, Conridge, because they don't know you. Back then, the access to players was, was easy. I mean, anybody could call a player on the phone, anybody could do anything, and, and Condridge had put up with a lot of that. Sometimes I would think that maybe, maybe I made a mistake by doing this and putting him in this position. All the years I've known him, that we really never sat down and talked about, you know, the racial issues. It wasn't something that you, that was that was verbalized it because you know we really didn't want that unwanted type of, of, of conversation where people would try to figure out really what you, what's going on because they really didn't understand. I don't think anybody outside of some people on our team know what Conridge went through last year with a shoulder and a knee that seriously would affect a quarterback's performance. Never said a word about it, and uh, after the Alabama game, I offered him an opportunity not to play football anymore because I felt like he had done more than his share for Tennessee, and he had laid it on the line for us and given nothing but 110% and tried to win, and, and I knew he had a future in professional athletics, and I didn't want to hamper and, of course, he just uh, laughed at that. He didn't even take that seriously because he said, the thing I want to do is get our team back to winning. And I think uh, a whole lot about him because of that. Though his senior year would be plagued with injuries as well as personal struggles and may not have been Condridge's greatest season as a volunteer, he would ultimately lead the Big Orange to three straight bowl appearances, claiming two bowl victories during his three years as Tennessee's starting quarterback. It's a college career he looks back on with great pride. But his greatest honor may have been a midfield farewell from the Bears. The last game we played him, his players had him on, on their shoulders, and I came over to meet him at uh, center field. He shook my hand, and he said, you had a great career, and I sure am glad we don't have to chase you around anymore. <laughs> and I thought that was just fantastic for me. That, that made me feel good yeah. and made me feel like at least I competed against him. So. Yeah. And they beat us three times, uh, with my help. <laughs> as haunting the three straight losses to Alabama would be, it was the unwillingness of others at the professional level to see Connors as a real quarterback prospect that he would find the most disheartening. Flexibility for the online program was one of the benefits of attending GCU. I got to work at my own pace. I was a full-time employee, so I had to take care of that first before I could focus on school. Finishing my BS, that's when I started with Navination. And because of the degree that I had, I was able to go to the next level. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life. And I just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy. I graduated from Grand Canyon University with a master's degree in public administration. Does this look familiar? You probably think this is what owning hearing aids would be like. Let me tell you, 
there's a better way. The Atom by Audion Hearing. The all-new Audion Atom is the world's first wireless charging hearing aid under $100. The Atom comes with an easy-to-use wireless charging dock. Plus, the Atom has a 22% smaller design, so it's nearly invisible when worn in the ear. That's why we have over 250,000 happy customers. Each pair has a 45-day money-back guarantee, so there is zero risk in trying them. Call 1-800-520-4530. That's 1-800-520-4530. Call 1-800-520-4530 or go to audionhearing.com to get your pair of Audion Atom hearing aids for only $99. I don't like to spend a ton of time shopping, but I like to look good. For me, Poshmark makes that so easy. And whenever I get tired of something, I just relift it back on Poshmark. It's honestly a little addicting. Making some money I can spend, keep my wardrobe fresh. Introducing Mando, the whole body deodorant that I created with all body odor in mind. I'm Dr. Shannon Klingman, and I'm the inventor of whole body deodorant. It's like body odor never even happens, and you're going to be exceptionally stink-free and smell as good as humanly possible. As Conrad said goodbye to Tennessee, he was picked in the 12th round of the 1975 draft by New England, but it was not as a quarterback. At the time, there were only two black quarterbacks in the NFL. If Conrad was to keep his quarterback dreams alive, he'd have to consider an offer that would take him even further north. New England drafted me in the NFL, and uh, I was drafted by the Montreal Alouettes um, in, the, in the CFL. And before I could even talk about going to Montreal, they traded me to Ottawa. The good thing was the Rough Riders wanted me to play quarterback only, and New England wanted to draft me as a defensive back, and they said I could be a, the the goal line quarterback. At that time, see, they were it was all drop back. There wasn't any running quarterbacks in the NFL. They didn't want a running quarterback in the NFL. They wanted somebody to stand back there and throw. They wanted Dan Marino. They wanted those guys to just stand back there and throw. His style of play would be more like the Michael Vick today. Uh, so Condrish was way before his time. The things that he, he accomplished then, if he were playing now, would still be amazing. We had plays designed for him to, to run the ball and, and keep the ball and option, the, which they do now from the Wildcat. They fake the ball here and, and then run it over here. Well, I don't think there was any question back in those years that the NFL was well noted for not wanting to use black quarterbacks. I think there was a stigma attached that they were more athletic and they ran too much and that kind of thing. It's one of the things I, I think that kind of get lost is, is his touch. You know, he can throw the ball with the best of them. Yeah, whether he's drafted as a defensive back, stuff that to me that's insulting. For a guy with that much talent, it's kind of uh, annoying. But from our standpoint in Canada, it's a good thing because we got him. One Sunday, you know, I'm just you know watching the game and it's Ottawa, Ottawa playing, and and they mentioned Connor's Hollow. I said, what? You know, I didn't know he was playing the Canadian League. And you know, the very next year they trade him Toronto. You know. And uh, now he's my teammate. He was a guy I love watching play football, you know, all those years, you know. And uh, now he's my teammate. Conrad Conaway, Warren Moon, rookie head coach Bob Obilovich. Warren Moon won five Grey Cups in a row. I was on the team that won it before he got there, and I was on the team that won it when he left. They were both very good quarterbacks and uh, just different styles because of their size, and but both very athletic. We had some some shootouts. One great cup we played, uh, they, they beat us in Toronto. I think between us we had over 600 yards passing. Look at that, only five interceptions for Conrad Holloway this past season. He excelled because, uh, one, he's the athlete that he is, no question. But um, he gets to see the true grit and determination in this guy. He was tougher than anybody else. I remember him calling plays with blood coming out of his mouth, through his teeth. The guys are looking at him, his mouth bleeding. He don't miss a beat, call the play, and you know, next thing you know, the ball is right there. We got used to winning with Conrad, and we ended up winning the first Grey Cup championship in the CFL that Toronto had won in, in 31 years. So ended one of the most frustrating droughts in professional sports. 
It had been 31 long years since the Argos last won the Grey Cup championship. I really believe that that team um, makeup chemistry that, that he drove was the reason we won the Grey Cup in 83. The city of Toronto went just absolutely nuts. It was really a blast, and Cottage was the beginning of that. He was a team player. He, he did what he could to help the team. He, he was a very classy guy. He was a, a fun guy to be around. He was an engaging guy to be around, and uh, we were on the team together, played the same position, became good friends. Uh, you know, it was ne never a dull moment around him. He had a great career. I mean, he played longer than most guys, and uh, he's in the Canadian Football League Hall of Fame. He entertained a lot of people in the CFL over the years. I considered it a privilege to have the opportunity to coach him. I talked to my one of my coaches, his name was Dale Lindsay. And I said to him, I said, Coach, when do you know it's time to retire? And he got a big smile on his face, and he said, when you start asking questions like that. After a 13-year career in the Canadian Football League that included two Grey Cup victories and a 1982 Player of the Year award, Condridge for the first time began thinking about life after football. As difficult the thought of leaving the game of football might be, nothing would prepare him for the greater love he would be forced to leave when seeking new opportunities back home in America. Football was great, but uh, the best thing that happened to me in Canada was the birth of my daughter, Jasmine. I think of my dad as a hero because he's my dad, but that people look up to him makes me feel like he made a difference somehow. I was in a situation where my daughter was uh, in Vancouver and I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. All I could do was try to be the best dad I could be and that's what I tried to do. I uh, had a career here to come work and it just didn't work out that she came here. And I'm hoping my daughter enrolls in school here this year, so. I want him to see what I can do, make him proud of me in some way. Sorry. Um, I don't know. He's just, he's done so much in his life and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with mine, but if I'm half as good as what he's done, I feel like I've achieved something. So, it just makes me happy to think about it. <laughs> I tried to be the best dad I could be, and I'm going to continue to do that. He's a good father and a good man. And, uh, I would say that anyone who has met him would say that as well. For all the adversity Condors has faced in his life and sports career, it was the opportunity to return to the University of Tennessee as an assistant athletic director where he'd find himself putting those experiences to good use. For Condridge, now running through the traditional T and away is like coming full circle. Though the experience is different, it is still a great honor and rich with what is his greater focus, the history and tradition of Tennessee football. You know, in a lot of our conversations we've had, you have, you know, told me that you don't think that the fact that you were the first black quarterback and you never wanted to set a race example, you didn't ever look at it like that. But still, when a lot of kids come in here, you tell them about Lester McLean. I make that a point. Any kid that comes here needs to know who Lester McLean is. He was the first black player to play at the University of Tennessee and we all owe him a great deal of respect and honor in how you play because he went through a lot, a lot of adversity for us because after him, it became easier. You have black kids who come and they think that black players were always here and they had the football team with black guys on it. We sort of take for granted, you know, these things have always been and they have not always been. I would like for them to at least know the history of those athletes who paved the way for them. Courage tries to bring it into perspective. It was just uh, 
a little over 40 years ago, less than 50 years ago that this happened. And 50 years ago is really not, not a long time. An example of how, how short 50 years can really be. My father was 50 years old when I was born. My father's father was 50 years old when my father was born. My grandfather was born a slave. That's how short it is. My grandfather. 50 years is not very long. This is the Holloway Chesney duo. We can ready to make this work, baby. There right. we go. Here I go. Hold it up. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the most rewarding part of making this film wasn't learning of the great accomplishments Connors achieved in sports or the honorable fact that he was the first black quarterback to start in the Southeastern Conference. Connors Holloway clearly made a difference, as many great people in history have. But with all that being said, the most rewarding thing for me was finding out that behind the orange number seven stands a good man. A man that I'm proud to call my hero and most of all, my friend. for the Heisman Trophy, I think it ended up 15. So, 73 black quarterback from the Southeastern Conference ends up 15. In 2010, black quarterback from the South